Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit NBCOcala.com stories to share your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Enjoy today's message. And help me welcome our internet audience, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. We are glad you are all here this morning. And uh, today also marks 24 years. That's almost quarter of a century that Pastor John and Jen Kanata have been a part of our, of our team. And so, Pastor John, would you stand? We just want to thank you, buddy. Thank you. Full disclosure, it was a court order that he come. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's been a joy and continues to be. Amen. Hey, I need to give you just a, a quick update on myself. If you're new here, you're a visitor today, and you're wondering what's he have on, this is what's new this spring, okay? <laughs> Actually not. Uh, but I'm doing well. I should, uh, a week uh, from tomorrow, uh, get out of this deal. So uh, one more Sunday in that. And then I'm going to have a little get-together where I'm going to shoot this, run over it, and spit on it. And uh, you're welcome to come to it, okay? Now I'm teasing. I'm grateful for things like this to, to help. Still in uh, some pretty intensive hand therapy, making uh, progress, getting more strength and grip and a little more flexibility and all. And I'm standing on Matthew 12, 13. I believe it's the verse that the Lord uh, gave me for this. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched out his hand and it was restored whole like the other. And so the stretch for me is do the work, trust Jesus, stay patient, and uh, that's what I'm doing. And and, uh, uh, I I know I've said this probably every week, but every night I invite the Lord, Lord, if you would just want to finish this up while I'm sleeping, wake up in the morning, I'll write a song, you know, so, uh, but I I just trust him. I just trust him and I'm making progress and I'm learning so much and... um, I'm just thankful. So anyway, that's my update. Let's get into the word this morning. Amen. Hey, about four weeks ago or so, I uh, was my first time back after being out for over two months. And um, we had kind of a kumbaya, you know, morning and we sang and we cried and, you know, we laughed and shared together. And then, you know, the next week was kind of that. And the last week, Pastor Lee was on and I got to share communion with you and so forth. And uh, let me just say, though, I know it's only like my fourth week back, but um, I'm coming your way today. Okay, part of my job, part of my responsibility is to tell you the truth. And as you come to know the truth, the truth will set you free. So it's not to hurt you. Don't worry, you're not going to get yelled at. How many of you went to that church before? I did. It's part, part of the time growing up. First church of getting yelled at. And um, I think both my parents were founding members. And No, I'm, te- I'm teasing. But... Uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's love and grace and truth that comes and sets us free and, and helps us. So uh, kind of come in your way and we'll, we'll set that up as we're going. Uh, we're finishing up the series, The Missing Piece. Uh, next week, starting a series. You ready for this? It's called Holy Wow. And let me just go ahead and kind of tell you what it's about. It is, is, it is about approaching a holy God in such a casual world. And historically and through scripture, you see times where people, because they're 
casual and the ease and their own lives and everything, didn't esteem the things of God in quite the right way. And it's dangerous. And if we really want to see the power in the life of God in our lives, through our lives, and, our, and, and, and it has nothing to do with a list. We're not going to give you a list of stuff. We're going to show you the right way to approach a holy God in a, in a casual world. Don't, don't miss it. And invite anybody you want to, okay? It's going to be a good time. But today we're finishing up the missing piece, how to have and keep peace. And notice peace is P-E-A-C-E, the missing piece. And uh, today I would call called to peace. Called to peace. Let's begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. If you're with me, say amen. amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 15 is actually the B portion of that verse. And it says, but God has called us to peace. Let me read it again. But God has called us to peace. Now that I've sounded out all the hard words, I want you to read it with me, okay? So let's go ahead together. But God has called us to peace. Let's do it one more time. But God has called us to peace. Now close your eyes. You should have it memorized. No cheating. Let's try it. But God has called us to peace. I want to slow it down just a tick, okay? And and let's do it again. But God has called us to peace. And just one more time, make sure we've got it. But God has called us to peace. And I believe you have it. Y'all are quick learners. Um, This is found in a passage of Scripture. So this, this phrase here, powerful, and we'll see it today. But God has called us to peace. Um, I've studied peace years and years and years and years, and it's such an important part of our life. Jesus paid a dear price so we could have peace. I believe we need to know about it. It's one of the major themes of the New Testament. It's one of the big words of the New Testament, peace. Um, But if I just give you this verse out of context, I've learned this, that in interpreting Scripture properly, if you take a text out of context, it's pretext, okay? So it's dangerous and you're not to do that. So I have to put it back in the context. So when I first, you know, I recalled that part of the verse and I went back and looked it up, I thought, I don't want to teach about that. And then the Lord showed me how it would fit for us today. But God has called us to peace is in the middle. The context of that is Paul is discussing marriage and he's discussing complications with marriage. You have no, you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? How I many you know that marriage can be worked sometimes? I know it's Valentine's Day, but how many of you know it can be worked sometimes? Hey, I heard about this couple. They lived in Kansas right in Tornado Alley, and uh, they're laying in bed sleeping, and early, morning of the hour, uh, early hours of the morning, rather, uh, a tornado came through, took the roof off of their house, lifted up their bed with both of them in it, and carried it, and turned it, and carried it, and sat them down in, the, in another county. And when it landed, the wife just started crying. And her husband attempted to console her. And he said, Mary, Mary, we're okay. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We're okay. We're safe. And she goes, I'm crying because I'm happy. She said, this is the first time in 14 years we've been out together. <laughs> In your notes, write this, date your mate. Okay? We all can do better at that. 
But the context, let's go back to that. Paul is talking about, uh, and, and he says in another place in the same book, he said that to the believers, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, and you're not married, if you're going to get married, make sure that you are equally yoked, that you make sure that you marry a believer. Now, but he says to those that perhaps have already married and you're, you're married to an unbeliever, he says, here's what you kind of do with this. And he says, and, and, and don't depart. And he said, but stay there um, because you have no idea if you'll live the God life, you have no idea, you know, the impact that that may have. Now, let me just say, this is not a house of condemnation. This is, this is a house of grace and truth and love. Are y'all with me? So if you've been through a divorce, listen to me. You are where you are today. And God knows right where you are today. And I'm not going to hammer on, on that, okay? I'm trying to take us from where we are to where God wants us to be. So he says this, though. He said, if the unbelieving spouse uh, just can't take it anymore, whatever, uh, and they depart, you, you let them depart. And if you look at all this, I started thinking about all the complexity of that. You know, first of all, you don't share the same ideas. Uh, the conflict of your core beliefs and convictions. Uh, imagine also that, you know, the baby's sick in the night and you want to pray for the baby and they, they don't even believe in prayer. You know, so you've got all that going on and then the fusses that may happen and all of that. And then if, if we follow out some of the scenario that Paul suggests, then it ends up in separation, ends up in divorce, and, and then all of those things. And I got to thinking, that's a whole lot of stress. My parents divorced when I was little, and, and I'm 56 years old. And there's still stress related to that, you know? And God help us all. And this is part of the reason why God said he hates it. But listen, divorce is not my destination today. It's just a landmark that we had to address to get to this phrase here, but God has called us to peace. So, so here's the deal. In the middle of all of that going on, it says, but God, you didn't forget it already, did you? But God what? It's called us to peace. So I, I got to thinking about all the stress of that. And in some of my uh, schooling, uh, become very familiar with something called the Holmes and Ray Stress Inventory and Social Readjustment Scale. And it was first introduced, first published in the Journal for Psychosomatic Studies. It lists 43 life events and measures the intensity of their stress kind of in order. Top of that list is death of a spouse. And it lists these things and it is able to pretty accurately predict illness that would be associated with stress. If you have certain number of these things, certain level, you know, you, you, you know the stress can actually um, make you ill. So I, I started applying it to what Paul was talking about. And he said, so you got divorce, which is number two on the list. Those of you that have been any part of that understand the stress. The separation that was prior to that, in-law troubles, uh, financial change, moving, et cetera, et cetera. And they're about, based on what Paul was saying and what I could imagine, probably about 10 or 11 things that are on that, the Holmes Ray stress inventory. And so here's what you have. You combine it all together and you have a mother load of stress and strife. Now, if you're looking at me today wondering if I should have said that, I asked my wife yesterday, I said, is mother load okay to say in church? She assured me that it was. 
So I wanted to say it again. So all this, all this combined together is a mother load of stress and strife. And look at your life, because that's what we want to do is apply it to your life. Your life, you might have um, similar load, different combinations of things that are causing stress in your life. But here's what the scripture says. But God has, God has called us to peace. Look at my life and our family on this list. I was going through the list, you know, to just see, okay, how are we doing? <laughs> we got number six on the list, worth 53 out of 100 points, major injury or illness. And then number 11 on the list, major change in health of a family member. So my family, you know, having to deal with all this. My, my daughter Greta home from college this weekend. I've told her and I've told her and I've told her. I said, baby, I'm, I am so sorry that you had to be the one that found me when I fell off the roof. You know, just, I didn't want that for, I didn't want it for anybody, but you know, my, my daughter just still stresses me. I wish I could undo that part and just, and then you go on and major changes in work. And, and I looked at five others that are on this list of Stress inventory. And then last night, I'm brushing my teeth and I'm getting ready for bed. I try to go to bed a little bit earlier on Saturday night because um, I get up extra early on Sunday morning. And I'm brushing my teeth and I hear my wife say, honey, 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 come here. And I know that's never good. (laughs) That's not like, hey, I baked something for you, you know. (laughs) So I go out there and our house is a two-story house and there's water, uh, our our kitchen table and then the, the light fixture above that water is just pouring down the light fixture onto the table and onto the floor. So I race upstairs and the culprit is a toilet. And that's not on the list, but I actually have penciled it in on the list and, <laughs> and it's near the top of the list, you know? And so, so we, you know, we're able to stop the flow, so to speak. And and, you know, clean up as best we could. And Alicia, even doing some of that this morning, we got some repairs to do. And so I lay down, and guess what? It's on my stress list. And I'm laying there, and I've been going over this for weeks and weeks, and, and it's been a part of my life that God has called us to peace. He's, got, he's called us to peace. And I'm laying there, and I'm realizing God has called us to peace. And the morning you wake up, it's something you clean up, you fix up. It's, it's not the end of the world. Okay, so whatever's going on, say it again with me, but God has called us to peace. Let's look at this word peace. I like to do word studies, find out really what we're talking about. This word peace, but God has called us to peace, is the Greek word irene, and it actually, um, in the Greek New Testament dictionary, this would be its definition. Catch on with this. A state of rest, quietness, calmness. Tranquility, an absence of strife. I like peace. It goes on to say, includes harmonious relationships between God and men, and and not just gender men, mankind. God and men, harmonious relationships between men and men, families, nations. And that's what this irene is. Now listen, just as there is both internal and external. Follow this. Internal and external stress and strife. 
there is also an internal and external peace. There's a peace I can have on the inside and there's a peace I can have on the outside. Are y'all with me? So this peace, let me tell you about this peace. It is, it does not grow naturally here on earth. Everybody wants it. Everybody's looking for it, but you cannot find it just here on earth. It's not indigenous. It is a supplement that we all need. It is imported from our homeland. Did y'all get that? It's imported from heaven. It comes to us from God, God the Father, the God of peace, Jehovah Shalom. Because of the completed redemptive work of Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Savior, the Prince of Peace, the only authorized dealer of peace, who himself is our peace and who made peace, that kind of peace. Now get this, peace flows from a relationship with God. I know you've had a whole lot of reading this morning, but could you read this with me too? Peace flows from a relationship with God. It does not grow here, so where am I going to get it? There is, and if we have more time, I would go into this a little more. There's actually something called borrowed peace. I mean, you know, there's some people that drain you. I mean, you know, there's other people you can be around, and I don't know, it kind of lifts you. Other people can actually feel when you have peace. And when you don't have peace, they'll go, you need a Snickers. Okay? Now, before we go any further with this, and leave that up on the screen if you would, we need to clarify here who I'm talking to today. Who am I talking to today? Okay, and we've got mixed answers. Us, everybody, me. Let me give you the, the appropriate answer. Me. Okay, let's try again. Who am I talking to today? Me. me. We've we got to make it me, me. And I'm talking to me, okay? And I'm talking to you, me. So I don't want you sliding down. Well, I'm just going to slide down and dodge this because the people behind me, they really need it. No, you, you need it. So we're going to come right at you with this today. But listen, it's not to hurt you. It will help you. This will help you. So peace flows from a relationship with God. That's the only way you're going to get peace. And as I've said, the world uh, only has substitutes for peace We only have peace because we had a substitute, and that's Jesus and his atoning work, his redemptive work, so that we could be at peace with God. And here's what he did. He took the things that were between us and God, where we were at enmity, uh, we were hostile against God, we were enemies of God, the scripture says, until Jesus came and took all of those things, and he took them. You ready for this? All the things where we couldn't be at peace with God, Jesus Christ himself took those things out of the way, and it's, the scripture says, and he nailed them to the cross. And by the cross, he made peace for us. He himself is our peace. So the peace flows from a relationship with God. Now watch this. As it flows from that relationship with God, we're going to have peace with God. Y'all act like I'm reading the phone book. <laughs> Do y'all hear this? Peace with God. Me and God, we're good. Not because I get it right every day, but because of him and because of what he's done. Peace with God. And then watch, flowing on down, peace with self. And then coming on down from that, peace with others. All right. Now, who am I talking to? Me. Me? All right. All right, me. Listen. If you're not at peace with others, 
Now, I know things happen sometimes. You know, the other day, my wife was not at peace with me, and therefore I was not at peace with her. It was short-lived. We worked it out. Why? Because we are called to peace. We're called to peace to get back to it. Something happened in my life or situations or whatever messes up my peace. I'm called to peace. I will get back to peace. I will get that peace. But if you, as, as a pattern, you're not at peace with others, can I tell you something? Something's happened with the flow. And I would dare say that there's something wrong here too. James, the book of James says this. He said, where do wars and fightings among you, others, come from? It comes from wars and conflicts and fightings within you, yourself. Hurt people, hurt people. Amen. Troubled people, trouble people. And so if, if this is going on, then something's happening here, which ultimately means something's not right here. So, so here's the deal. If you're not at peace with others, that means you're probably not at peace with yourself. Can, can I use this directionally? You need to head for the hills. You need to head for the hills. You you need to head back here because peace flows from a relationship with God. And you need to make sure that you are in relationship and fellowship with God so that that peace can flow from him. And then you have peace with God. And when you have peace with God, you have peace with yourself and peace within yourself. And then there's a whole lot of room for people to be whatever people are in your life. And you can be at peace with others. Can I get a good amen on that here? All right, let's go ahead and do one more word study this morning out of this verse. But God has what? He's called us to peace. Let's look at this next word, called, Greek word, kalo, kalo. And here, let me give you the, the New Testament Greek definition here. It's to call. It's to call by name, to call by surname, which makes it personal and specific. And it is to summons. Now, look at me. If you receive a summons, if you receive a summons, you are required to appear. Okay? God has, but God has called us. He has summoned us. You are required to appear. Let me read a little further in the definition. It's an authoritative call, notice, or demand to appear at a specific, specified place for a particular purpose or duty. Let me bring it into terms where we can all understand it. When I was a little kid, I got in trouble one time. <laughs> and um, here's the deal. I was growing up in Leesburg, and we lived at 205 Lewis Street. And my buddies, Mark and Eric and I, uh, well, my backyard Adjoining my neighbor's backyard, there was a fence that went away, and then there was this hedge that was just overgrown. And it kind of merged into this hedge that went across most of the back of our yard on that, on that border. And so we decided to get in that hedge and make a tunnel. So that was kind of our hideout that we could... We, so it was an adventure for us. So we worked on it. And it was big enough that we could, you know, we were cutting branches and, you know, going and stealing our dad's saw or snips or something. And, and we were making this tunnel through this whole deal. So we're working on that, making good progress, just having an adventure. And all of a sudden, my mom goes, Tim. 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 
Timmy, Timothy Lee, surname, personal and specific, Timothy Lee Gilligan. So I told my buddies, I better go. Not to give away our secret entrance, I went out another way and came around, and by then she'd called me two more times. The heat is on. And she looks at me and she goes, where have you been? And I said, I didn't hear you call the first six times. <laughs> it was my second mistake. She goes, where were you? I said, I was, or she said, why didn't you come? I said, we were playing. I wasn't done playing. She then assumed what we've come to call the posture of doom. When you saw that, you knew it was over. And then she bent over, and, and I want you to connect all this, connect all this. And she said, look at me and listen to me. She said, when I call you, you how many of you know on the authority scale, right below God is mom? Okay? You do know that. And mom said, listen, this is a life lesson right here. Connect it. Mom said, when I call you, you come. Can I tell you something? She wasn't calling me so she could beat me. Although I did get beat. <laughs> you know what initially she was trying to do? She's calling me for dinner. And God has called us to peace. And can I go ahead and bump it up a notch on the authority scale? God is saying to every one of us, everybody deal with this right now. God is saying to each one of us, when I call you, you come. But I, I'm still playing. When I call you, you come. Well, I'm still waiting for an apology from, from... Is it about them? It's about you. But God has called you, you, surname, you, exact, specific. God has called you to peace. And when God calls you, you better show up. You with me? You better show up. Listen, in uh, the book of Romans, it says that you need to consider both the goodness and the severity of God. Same thing with mom. The goodness and the severity. And it says you should continue in the goodness of God. So if you want to continue in the goodness of God, if he calls you, you better show up. You better be there. And he is calling us to peace. Now listen to me. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter, you ready? No matter who you're dealing with, you are called, summoned, personally, specifically, to be at peace. And it's, well, I'm still pouting over this. When I call you, you come. Because all of us have our excuses, don't we? Maybe it's just me. Has, has any of you ever had anybody disappoint you? They're all right here. 
Anybody ever been hurt? Anybody ever had to hurt you and say, I'm sorry, and it hurt you again? Come on, some of y'all are keeping your hands up, yeah. And see, we're, let me save you a whole lot of time and frustration. If you're waiting for apologies, cut it out. Because whatever happened with that system of delivery of apologies, it's very, it, it doesn't come this way very often, okay? And what you need, just need to do this is this. God has called me to peace. What about them? What, what, what did Jesus tell Peter at the end when, he, well, what about him? What about him? He said, you don't worry about them. I'm just saying to you, and God is saying to us, God has called you to peace. Amen? Amen. When he calls you, you better show up. Look at this real quick. Peace is not just a nice feeling, although I like the feeling of peace. You know, I will, I will tell my family, you know, if some of the kids are fussing as they were growing up or whatever, I go, you know what? We have peace at dinner. We have peace. We, we don't have a house full of feasting and strife, as Proverbs talks about. Feasting and peace. I like peace. I like feasting, too. It's getting closer to lunch. So... Peace is not just a nice feeling, but it's, it's worth fighting for. And what's this? Peace is a calling and a responsibility. It's a calling and a responsibility. And what's this? Peace, go to the next one. Peace is a standard and a characteristic of the believer. Read that one with me. Peace is a standard and a characteristic of believers. It's actually a distinguishing mark that identifies a genuine follower of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Y'all, y'all zero in with me here. One of the marks that you know somebody's a real deal follower of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is they're going to have peace as a standard, a distinguishing mark about it. Let me see if this is a real one. Y'all ever watch that, that uh, uh, pawn store show on TV? That's it. And people bring in stuff and they go, this is, uh, you know, like... I got this hat signed by Jesus, you know. And, and they go, well, I'm going to call my buddy and have him come down and see if it's a real deal, you know. Well, let me tell you one of the major ways that you can know that somebody's real deal. Amen. Oh, come on, say it. Don't be, peace. you're like, peace. No, come on. Peace. peace, get your teeth in and let's do this. Come on, one more time. Peace. That's one of the marks that you can know. You turn them over and look, look at them and everything else, and there's going to be peace. It's a, it's a mark that's in them. Otherwise, and listen to this, otherwise you're no different than those living life without God. If you're stressed, freaking out, falling apart, at odds and strife with people all the time, then it's no different than anybody else that doesn't have the Prince of Peace in their life. No different. And I think more is expected of people who have, who name the Prince of Peace as a Savior and Lord of your life. There's more expected of us. You know, my son Gabriel, he's a good athlete and good basketball player. And before my, before my injury, we would be playing in the driveway sometimes and he'd be making these shots. He's a really good shot. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm just tall. Okay. So he's making these shots. And so I get back and I do this little fadeaway kind of thing. Oh, air ball. And then later that night, we were watching NBA. NBA, you know what that is? That's pro guys. They get paid. Now, I just found this out. They make more than minimum wage. 
I mean, like a lot of money. And so we're watching it as like a playoff game. And watch this guy. He dropped back just like I did. Air ball. And I told Gabe, I said, I could play at that level. <laughs> now, here's the deal. When a guy's making millions of bucks to be, to be a, a, a basketball player, then be a basketball I don't even think we need to clap for him. If they make a shot, you, well, you should make a shot. <laughs> you clapping for that. You should. You should just go. I, basketball games should be just totally silent. I mean, if a carpenter hammers a nail in, he doesn't throw his hammer down. Yeah. Ow. Right? Anyway. Sorry about all that. Hope I didn't hurt nothing. You expected that of them. Can I tell you something? As a, a follower of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, we should expect that there would be peace. You, you, you should expect that if we get out of sorts with somebody, we're going to follow the rest of the epistles and where it says, as far as is possible with you, be at peace with all men. Amen. That we do what it takes. And that we don't go around all disgruntled or stressed or freaking out or every time something comes along, we fall apart again. There should be some, some force, some substance that's on the inside of people who have God on the inside, the peace that's flowing from a relationship with God. Let's look at one last scripture, and then we're going to finish this morning. John chapter 14, verse 27. In the Amplified Bible, Jesus is speaking. He says, peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Who are we talking to again? Me. Watch this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Did you know you were in charge of that? Yes. Do, well, they, they upset me. No, who's in charge? You do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now, here's the good part right here. What's this? Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit your. I got to read that again because that cannot be in the Bible for real. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Who stop? You stop me. Stop. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. I wrote this in red. I wrote this in red. Actually, I typed it and put it in red because this is my writing hand, so we're not doing much of that yet. But some of you have resigned yourself to a life of anxiety, stress, and strife. You've resigned yourself to anxiety, stress, and strife. Said so that's just the way I am. Just the way I'm wired. Dad was that way. Mom was that way. Whatever. That's just the way I am. No, listen to me. Let's scoot on up. Let's scoot on up the authority chain here. And no matter what's going on, listen to me. But God has. God has called us to peace. Say it again. God has called us to peace. And if he calls you, you better show up. God has called you to peace with God, with self, within self, and with others. And there's a flow of peace that comes from him. And listen to me. When God calls you, 
Listen, when God calls you, just like when my mom called me, the reason she called me to start with was dinner. I ended up with the spanking, but that's because I didn't listen to the call. And this is a verse that you can't sidestep. This is not a verse that you can list your, well, if you had my situation. Well, if this had happened to you. No, this is God has called us to peace. Not to punish you. It's about dinner. It's about something good that God wants to do in your life. Don't hesitate. Don't ignore that call. God has called us to peace. And that kind of peace, I'll tell you what, that's where you want to live. Amen. I'm going to stop right there. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.